Welcome back to the Die by the Sword podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, we do want to thank Ed and Gavin over at Midnight Syndicate for the use of their music in our show. You can check out their stuff at www.midnightsyndicate.com. We also want to thank Sword Coast Soundscapes for the use of the ambient sounds that he provides. You can check out his stuff at youtube.com slash swordcoastsoundscapes. Don't forget to check out our website as well at www.diebythesordpodcast.com where you can check out our cast bios, character sketches, our merch store, and more. As always, feel free to reach out to us at diebythesordpodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to leave a great review wherever you listen to us. All right, let's get into the episode. try to enunciate <laughs> well i mean you'll have to so so what what exactly happened there with with your audio my board fried <laughs> southern uh, or just the regular I, kind <laughs> deep deep fried uh, uh beer battered. okay so yeah it's beer battered uh i have a, a cheap knockoff of a key wireless um uh, charger for my phone, which I had attached to a USB port to on my uh, hub, which is also where my microphone is connected, which that connects to my computer. Well, when the phone did its normal phone thing, it sent a uh, surge back and fried the board. <laughs> First off, buy quality equipment. <laughs> where did you get that thing work it was a um, giveaway for you know thanks for doing all this you've done throughout the year I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a shitty board it is <laughs> so had you done well this year and they were congratulating you or is this a punishment that they're instilling upon you that is a good question i have my review coming up next uh, on monday i'm gonna find out (laughs) (laughs) but at least you're able to figure out some sort of workaround to to still be able to be here this evening yes uh, i'm currently right now using some uh alternate methods for microphone in and it's that's why i sound a little different so diego tonight will be a tad out of sort <laughs> yeah if you get, if the listeners are wondering he's actually got a paper cup with a string tied and it's running to my house and it's sitting right beside me <laughs> what are you saying <laughs> i don't hear the difference what <laughs> <laughs> Diego calling in on Skype. <laughs> hey, Philip, remember the days of when we used Skype at the beginning of the pandemic? Oh, God, that was terrible. Terrible. It was. It was bad. I went back somewhat recently because I started to listen through from the beginning. And as soon as we hit those episodes where I was the first one to have to record remotely because I was the only one not in Tarrant County. 
Uh, so I had to shelter in place in Dallas County. Uh, the audio, audio just tanked. Yeah. Ooh, my, how the times have changed. You know, Phillip's the only <laughs> one in Tarrant County. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the tide has turned. <laughs> Bum bum bum. Yeah, my job is. I will work. never, never live far away from a job ever again. Man, uh, you're telling me. I totally agree. Uh, at one point, I lived an hour away from where I work, and that was a hmm. heck of a commute. Same. It's about about what I do now when I have to go in the office. Yeah, I was I was about to leave my job. I think because the commute was so bad, an hour each way. Mm-hmm. So I was getting so fed up with that. I was like, maybe I should just get a new job. And then they're like, oh, you work from home forever. And I was like, yay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I will stay here forever now. Yeah. And that was when, you know, gas was hiking up too. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So save me on gas. And that just that time, an hour each way, you can do a lot with two hours a day, you know? So you can. But Dude. the one thing I do miss about that drive, though, is that's when I would do all like my podcast listening. True. So I don't really have that because the commute from my bed to the desk just, you know, not long enough for a podcast. <laughs> Pretty I much you get through. Hello, listeners. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do it when I'm when I'm cleaning or I'm uh, cooking, especially. That's when I get a lot of my podcast listening in now. Mm-hmm. I'll do it at work when I'm doing like a mindless task. That too. Like yeah. Data entry or something. That's what I used to do in the office too, but now I have like Netflix or whatever going because I don't necessarily have to watch it. It's just having something mindless listening to it. Right. Well, at work, I have this one job that takes two and a half hours to execute. So it's like, click, turn on the podcast. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) So you're just babysitting a job. Is that what you're doing? Uh, for that two and a half hours, yes. Until okay, so that's one portion. The next three steps are actually fast, but it's that two and a half hours that takes a long time. Yeah, my my uh, day job contains a lot of downloading and uploading and mapping images. So there's some times where things are loading, and I just have to sit and wait. Especially when you're compiling like episodes of sporting events because they all have the same parent title like NFL football. But every game that we have ever put in our database has to compile. (laughs) So it takes a while. So besides John's faulty equipment, uh, how's (laughs) how's everybody else doing? Because we haven't been together in a while. Doing great. Yeah, I'm. Slowly getting over a cold or something. I don't know what it was. It wasn't COVID, though. I've tested like four times. <laughs> <laughs> I've picked up pickleball. Oh, I saw you post something about that. What is it? And Tell me that. I was Tell me so what it is. curious to play because it looks so fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. And so it's basically tennis mixed with badminton mixed with ping pong. Yes. So the size of the court is a badminton court. But of course, the uh, the net is tiny, and you have a paddle instead of a racket. 
Yeah. And that okay. And that ball that ball is not like a tennis ball. Like you have to hit it hard, but it doesn't go anywhere because it's a wiffle ball. And can you put so, spin on it and stuff like a ping pong? You can kind of do it. Yeah. If you really get into it. Yeah. So it's I've picked it up as a new hobby. It's been fun so far. You're gonna have to teach you know, me how to play. In, <laughs> last time I was in Denver, I saw all these pickleball places and I just I guess I was too lazy to look up what it was. I think I like the mystery of what is pickleball. <laughs> right, because it sounds so weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even when you look it up, like they don't really know why it's called pickleball from what I read. Like there's oh so God. many theories. There's very there's a couple of theories like the person that invented it invented its dog was named Pickle. So they named oh. it after the dog. Mm. But then there's other things that like, yeah, there's a there's a couple different theories. So it is a mystery of why it's called pickleball. Huh. The first ball was just a brown cucumber. Did you pick (laughs) it up because of your fondness for pickles? Yeah, there's got to be a pickle in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm an advocate for pickles. So I was like, pick it up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Gary, we'll have to go out because there were... uh, it's so popular. It's getting so popular here that we had what we call we had a, uh, a tennis club here, a huge tennis club, and now they've rebranded and they've turned all of their tennis courts into pickleball courts. So now it's a pickleball club, and this place <laughs> is huge. It's got forty-two pickleball courts now. Good oh, lord! Oh wow! Hilarious. Yeah. So that's how that's how the phenomenon of pickleball's taken off. Like these places are really getting into it, and it's a lot of fun. Because it started with like old people, right? Well, uh, apparently senior centers. I feel well, like that's where I started hearing about it first. Yeah, and I think I think what I heard was that they invented it because uh, they were on vacation and their kids wanted to get outside, so they they didn't really have anything, so they had a badminton court in their backyard. So they just kind of created this game because they had ping pong paddles and they had a wiffle ball, and so they like created this game. And it's, it's the court is super small. So the older people can, they don't have to run like in tennis. So it's a lot easier on the joints. Yeah. And with my knee by the sword team or what are we doing? Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's basically just peg the people at the net, which is even more fun. Nice. nice. Cause you're, cause you're both 14 of 14 feet away from each other. And there's an area you can't go in the middle. So you're just slamming the ball at each other. It's great. That sounds fun. Yeah, because I love so, ping pong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you'll then you'll love this. It's great. I like ping pong and I like tennis. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Gary, we'll have to we'll have to both Garys. We'll have to go out and play. Heck yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I've just got softball starting back up soon, and uh, finished my or finished a season of cornhole, and already signed up for the next season. Cornhole number two. Cornhole two. <laughs> Don't. Whoa. You have two what? cornholes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You want to see? Cornhole was fun, actually. <laughs> it was. We did great through the regular season. Uh, the end of season tournament. Um, team came out, came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up fifth overall after the in the tournament. But the team that knocked us out ended up winning the whole thing. So we didn't feel so bad after that. Oh yeah. New, new game idea. Cornhole, but with wiffle balls and rackets. 
Uh, you would never score points. Corn pickle. <laughs> Corn pickle. <laughs> Corn pone. Pickle hole. Pickle hole. I like pickle hole. Let's try pickle it. Pickle hole. <laughs> I don't know what you people are playing here. <laughs> I mean, it seems like that's kind of how some sports are getting started. Right? We're just randomly picking up items and be like, let's play this. Let's do I've this. I've got a frying pan. We can do this. Right. So You know, if you drill a couple extra holes in the board... Philip's idea could have some merit where it's like they're worth different points. Yeah, you'd have to have different holes in there because it's not going to sit on the board like a beanbag would. Yeah, exactly. Point that way. No, they'll have uh, it leans so you'll have um, uh, like plinko. You'll have that's, or skee ball. Yes, that's what I was points. thinking too. Yeah, it falls down and do 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 do, and you get points at the bottom for however much the tunnel is worth. <gasps> Mm. That's genius. So if it's People a wiffle love plinko, You're right? If it's, if it's like a wiffle ball with holes, and you have like little pegs that it would bounce around, what happens if you get it stuck on a peg through one of the holes? That's extra points. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, you have to do something embarrassing to go get it. <laughs> you can't touch it with your hands. You have to pick it up with your second uh, cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> Let me work on my squats here. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Dios. I think we're on to something. I, man, I can like Trademark it. patent pending. Yeah. Ding, ding. Now let's mail this to ourselves so that we can have the copyright. <laughs> pickle corn by the sword. It's the whole uh, pickle. <laughs> all the branding and merchandise we could do. Oh, that's what you do. Instead of pens, you actually use little swords. <laughs> ah. That's just the lawsuit waiting to happen. Right. <laughs> no, you put them in point first. You know, the hills. Yeah. Is the part that's out. Okay. They're safe that way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like Fruit Ninja? Yeah. Kind oh. of. But it's Pickle Ninja. Pickle Ninja. Yeah, you're throwing pickles at him. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Pickle Ninja. It's the real dill. Uh... <laughs> but anyway, I have no idea how to segue that. <laughs> well, we could talk about the pickle that we're in right now. Ah, uh, That's true. Oh, hey, there you are go. That was smooth. That was smooth. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> who remembers what happened last time? Who went back and listened? Because it was like two months ago that we recorded it. <laughs> I listened to a bit here and a bit there. I listened to the part where um, I I read these people under the ground. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she did. Uh, we... Uh, um, Jenny was worm faces. Yes. Yes. And then a bunch of earthworm gems came after us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, after you defeated the Scion of the Sea, uh, you went and yelled at the uh, husband and wife that were fostering their daughter to the um, the neighbors. 
especially after finding out yeah. that the neighbors are scum. Yes, literally. Well, literal, literal scum. Literally, yeah. <laughs> literal scum, and yes. Literally. <laughs> uh, you made sure you had both pieces of Cabal's body and uh, took it to um, the apothecary shop. Picked up a few provisions, such as <clears throat> a few provisions, such as uh, gentle repose wands and things like that to keep them fresh in the bag of holding. Yes, we don't want a smelly bag of holding. Right. No. <laughs> Chaubert and Cabal had a little heart to heart about, you know, find the right place to bury me. And, you know, I'll let you know when, when we do that whole thing mm-hmm. where the sun rises yes. in the east sets in the yeah, west it's, it's got to be just right you know it's a very <laughs> uh umbrella academy type situation there <laughs> uh and then uh you heard from uh the two at the the temple uh that father voltiaro had taken their daughter to the undiomede house Decided to follow this carriage path there. And then along the way, you found some dead bodies covered up in the grass that were headless. And they started moving. And uh, as y'all got closer to inspect them, um, a writhing worm-like creature with a spiral mouth of teeth lunged at you and we were rolling for initiative oh no oh my god <laughs> the word writhing is really gross yeah it's a real body <laughs> horror thing going on now is it analogous to moist yeah I mean, it's not nearly as bad you don't think so well unless it's writhing moist Moist moistly writhing. Yeah, moistly writhing. No. <laughs> oh, and uh, we've forgotten to mention it, but who's playing Plug this week? Uh, I have to check the sheet. To the Plugal sheet. The blue bullshit. Blue bullshit. Blue bullshit. I, I don't. We, oh, I love Superman. I don't get why we don't call this the Plugel Docks. <laughs> it should be Plugel Docks. Well, Google Sheets is a, an app too, so Plugel Sheet. Oh, there you go. Well, there's Plugel Sheet. I think it's Philip. It oh, is. It's Philip. Episode 130. So, everyone, be prepared for a quick change of personality. <laughs> As Plugel is played by Phil. Oops, I said How Plugel. am I going to play Damn. Plug this week? We'll just find AI out. AI voice? We'll find out. 
Are you talking about like the, the Siri voice? They put on them TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> that is me, uh, Scarlett Johansson from her. Oh, uh, there you go. Mm, yeah. yeah. A good Scarlett Johansson impression you do. <laughs> Ugh, it's not great. My name's Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Sounds just like her. <laughs> Uncanny. <laughs> was that a soundboard, or did you actually do that? Because that's crazy. Yeah. That's <laughs> me. All Scarlet, baby. <laughs> All, All right, Scarlet, so... 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get those initiatives. Show bear. 15. 15. Cabal. 14. 14. Diego. Alone nine, so. Nine. Jenny. 26. 26. And Plug. Roll, Plug. <laughs> Whatever that said. Four. Four. <laughs> that is the worst wow. color on the floor I've ever seen. I can barely see that. All right. It's a good thing I'm not colorblind. Jeez. Right, dark red on dark purple. Who'd have thought? <laughs> well, that's because you're using nighttime mode or night mode. Yes. It's because it's nighttime mm -hmm. mode on everything. So I just kind of randomly placed y'all on the map. Uh, y'all can decide where you were. You were coming from the south direction going north. So, however you feel like you would be arranged on the map. I forget what we were doing. Were we inspecting the bodies, or...? Yeah, you are yeah, inspecting the bodies. The Diego was poking them with the stick. So, I feel like this is probably pretty close to where we would be. Which sucks for me, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was definitely picking, you know, poking them with a stick. Alrighty. Well, in that case, the slug spawn creatures will lunge toward you. So each of you that is next to a body or next to a slug spawn creature. That's everybody. Well, except... Except Grubert, he's kind of in the perfect middle spot. <laughs> not, not me. <laughs> I'm good. I'm letting, I'm letting habit tank, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but everybody else, uh, so Plug, Chaubert, Diego, and Jenny, the animals are okay. I need y'all to make a reflex save. Next, 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 next. Fifteen. Fifteen is a fail. Oof. Twenty-seven. That passes. Uh, Fifteen for Diego. Fifteen fails. And clue.
Oh, that's me. <laughs> Fifteen fails. Fifteen, yeah. <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. Dang, all y'all rolled fifteen. Yep, even with my nimble reflexes, still got a 15. I rolled a mm. freaking four. Gotcha. All right, so we'll start with this one. Chauvert, as this thing lunges at you, you jump out of the way and stomp on this slug. So that slug is dead. No. Oh, yeah. That, that seems rather easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this instead of being more like a true combat, this is more like a uh, it's more like a disease or a trap kind of situation. Um, so you're not gonna do like real combat with these things because for Plug, Diego, and Jenny, uh, you were not able to jump out of the way as the thing lunges onto you and burrows into your skin. So you are full. Ew. It is fully burrowed into your bodies. Ew. So the longer, the longer it is in your body, it is going to start moving towards your brain. My brain. <laughs> I use that sometimes. <laughs> Not while playing this, though. <laughs> Boy, same. So, now that this has happened, if you have knowledge dungeoneering, this would be a good time to roll that to figure out what these things are. All right. Okay. Oh, 10. 11 for Jenny. Yeah, that's not Seventeen for Diego. Plug got a twenty-three. Oh, Dang, hey, Plug! There you go, Plug. So Plug has heard of these slug spawns as moits of Shub Nigeroth. Oh, I'm sorry, Plug. How do you say that again? One more time. I specifically said it as as uh, no, Shub no, no, Plug. No, but what did he? I, I don't know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> He said, moist of stew Blagoroff. <laughs> Can you say that again, Plug? <laughs> Boy, that's... That's... Uh -oh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what, what do we land on with Plug? He's a Macho Man, Randy Savage type guy? Uh, that's what... Uh, I mean, that's my interpretation Plug. of yeah, him. Yeah, that's Rupert's... For some of us. You can do whatever you want. All right, no, it's going to be Scarlett Johansson. It's a moit of shub... It's a moit of shub... I can't... No. A moit of shub... It's a moit of shub... I don't like this game. Blue's done some gender gender bending. <laughs> no, it just crawled up my penis. You know, like those fish from the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> this tells you how big his penis is. <laughs> uh. I was hanging out the bottom of my pants. Oh. <laughs> how does this club? That's in his other hand. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, <laughs> on the, uh, knowing that these are moits of, uh, Shub Nigaroth, um, Plug would know that on the first round of infestation, dealing any sort of cold damage to the victim will kill the slug spawn and save the host, but only if the victim takes ten or more points of cold damage. Ooh. If it goes... If you do not take that in the first round, then it will have to be cut out of you. So Plug is going to say to the casters, Do you have any cold spells? Grubert, do you have any cold spells? Um, Grubert says, No, I don't have any cold spells. <laughs> But I do have this wand of chill touch. Jenny Jenny has a wand of chill touch. So, um, who goes? Who's turn so is it? So then now? we then we would go in initiative order, and within this first round, you have to take ten or more points of damage from cold for it to work. Do we have to roll the DC? What do you mean the DC? Because when you fire the one, the target gets a DC. Uh, 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 oh, will no, save. I think it'd be an automatic hit since the person's not trying to actively avoid it. Yeah. Okay. In fact, they want to be hit. They'll they'll allow it, so that can get. Okay. So is this actually a disease or is this an infestation? It's an infestation. Okay. Because it's a it's a creature. It's not. It works similar to a disease, but it's not actually a disease. But I I will tell you this: you have three rounds to get these things out. Okay. I have a question with Grubert. Then um, Grubert has bark skin, which uh, makes the skin tougher. Would that allow for a person to maybe get another round? I toughen their skin, or is it already past it? It's already past. It's already burrowed all the way in. Okay. They're very fast. <laughs> What's the damage we have to take? So for, for the 10. first round, you have to take at least 10 points of damage from cold. Then this wand isn't going to work, because it's 1d6 points of damage. Well, there is one way. So I, I will tell you exactly how this all works out. So in round one, you can deal cold damage and you have to take up to 10 points of damage within that first round. And then it, it kills it and you're done. If you don't take 10 points of damage after the first round, then it has to be cut out of you with a slashing weapon. And whoever's doing it has to make a DC 25 heal check Oof. to cut it out and deals 1d6 points of damage per round that the host has been infested. So since it would be round two, that would be 2d6 points the first round, and then 3d6 the third round to cut it out. But you said a heal check of 20, of 
26, right? 25. 25. Even Mm -hmm. with a natural 20, I couldn't do that. After three rounds, the slug spawn has reached the host's brain and cannot be surgically removed without killing the host. Remove disease kills any slug spawn in or on a host. So you can also use remove disease to get rid of it. Do we buy a remove disease thing? Uh, I don't believe so, no. We've got some cure stuff, but no remove disease. Alright. Here's something that I have uh, that I've, I've had since the very very long time uh, I have a restorative ointment so apply to a disease area it removes disease as remove disease with a plus five bonus on the check so I can take that ointment out and rub it on the the, the, the thing and then what do I have to do <laughs> Alright, so we're, we are going into initiative, so Jenny would be first on this. Uh, so, Chaubert is going to yell for her to throw him the wand. He's like, throw me that wand! Um, hold on, I'm going to reuse my cat's luck. Because uh, I can use that to redo a reflex saving throw. Oh, for okay. Diego. Let's see if I can get up my way, get myself out of this. That's helpful. Okay. Uh, that would be a sixteen plus a oh thirty uh, twenty seven. Yay! Alright, so reusing your cat's luck, you are able to jump out of the way and avoid that one. So you got two that are dead. Uh, Plug and Jenny are still infected. Okay, so hopefully Jenny's ointment will work. That way she only, so the, she only has to do it on Jenny and Plug. So the ointment uh, works as remove disease? Mm-hmm. Applied to a disease, or it removes disease as removed disease with a plus five bonus on the check. Okay, I'll allow it. And there's not really a check to make on the remove disease. Because um, it just says remove disease kills any slug spawn in or on a host. Okay, so uh, then I use some of it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Shouldn't. This is what I'm saying is I'm, I'm trying to either throw me the wand so I can make an attack on Plug. Yeah, but we'll, we'll go in the initiative. Do what? This restorative ointment. Oh, you have more than one? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, then never mind. I've got five charges of it. Oh, well. Then, never mind. Okay. So, Jenny is going to uh, reach into her backpack out restorative ointment and rub the ointment on the worm hole. Slow down. <laughs> I'm almost there. 
So, right, so what happens? Jenny, Does it just plop out and I step on it? Basically, yeah. It It's like a drawing salve and pulls it out. It whips it out. <laughs> and then, well, since that works, Plug is going to... Uh, oh, wait. He, I don't know if he's next or not. No, he's not because he got four on his initiative. Yeah. So next would be Chaubert. And I'll hold. Uh, then Cabal, or that's not Cabal, that would be uh, Grubert. <laughs> Grubert wow. Uh, then Diego. Diego has nothing for these people, so he is going to hold. And then Plug. And then Plug is going to run up to Jenny, and grab the ointment, and rub it on himself. All right. Uh, and since that was in, we'd say with the drawing, the stored item, and all that, that took about two rounds. So you're still safe from the three-round time limit thing. But the slugs bonds have been expelled. Those things are nasty. Uh huh. They're way nasty. So, fun little fact about them. Uh, so, after a slug spawn has reached a host's brain, it provides a beneficial. It proves to be a beneficial parasite, at least oh, initially. Oh. A slug spawn's host benefits from complete immunity to mind affecting effects, as the slug spawn's presence confuses and devours such magic. This benefit doesn't last for long, though, as after a valuable period, typically 2d6 days in humanoids, uh, the slug spawn matures into a spawning canker, a new stage in its life cycle that begins with it violently devouring its host's brain, erupting from its skull, and taking over the beheaded host body. Oh. Ew. <laughs> hey, well, the first thing is like this... <laughs> At first it's like those worms in Futurama, but then gets real ugly real quick. Right. <laughs> so this brings up a fun little point. As we move in forward in this book, we will be instituting a new mechanic into the game. This Which will is? be the sanity mechanic. So... Because you'll be seeing things from other worlds that, I mean, you're, you're used to seeing things like werewolves and ghosts and demons and things like that. But these are things from beyond the veil that you've never imagined seeing before. So anytime you see one of these things, your sanity will be tested. Does that work for Jobert since he's not from this plane? Ooh, <laughs> and he's got Cabal with him. So you're not yeah, from this plane, but you're but you're not from the dark tapestry. Oh. This is where these things are from. Only in so, my teenage years, uh, right. but <laughs> kind of grew out of it. So each of you lip rings and like the <laughs> hair that goes over his eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> you do the flip, the hair flip to the get out of your yeah. eye. <laughs> Gah. Take a drag room, Mr. Grid, every three seconds. 
so each of you will begin the adventure with a number of sanity points equal to your character level adjusted by your wisdom modifier. So it's either plus your wisdom or minus your wisdom or whatever. Each time you witness a mind-shattering horror, which will be described in certain encounters, you must make a will save. A failed will save will result in the loss of a variable number of sanity points as outlined in the encounter description. Once your, once your sanity points have reached zero, you are afflicted by one of the forms of insanity found on page 250 of the Game Master Guide. And such insanity can only be cured with greater restoration, heal, limited wish, miracle, or wish. So we're bone. Oh, interesting. So can you recover sanity points at all? Or you have to wait to try those things until you're actually afflicted? Uh, this doesn't say anything about recovering sanity points. Like so if I, I go to a good just... therapist and really start working through some things. Mm-hmm. So you, you may need those types of things to those greater restorations and things like that to bring your number back up. So I've got this guy, right? He just in my head and appears randomly. <laughs> he won't leave me alone. <laughs> and Cabal's like, yeah, that's me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like talking to him like instead of an actual therapist. <laughs> it would make sense. It's like I have a, I have a very high rate, so you better make this quick. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I got ghost stuff I got to do. <laughs> all right. So, uh, y'all made note of what your sanity score is. Yes. Yeah, yes, we're sir. level. What level are we? We're eight, right? No, nine. 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 Yeah. So, just to get an idea of how we're starting with sanity, what's your sanity score is at? Diego is at a wonderful. 12. Jenny's at a 10. Krubert is at a 13. Dang. Schubert is at a 9. Mm. Is Plug the same level as us? Yes. I think so. No, he's not. Level 8. Oh, he's level 8? Mm-hmm. So he's got 9 points. Yeah. So... Plug and Chaubert, the closest to insanity. Which would make sense for Plug, considering he's been lobotomized. And I've been close to death well, a lot, so... They took yeah. out his insanity from his brain. That's what lobotomies do, right? <laughs> sure. So he we'll can't be affected. Mm. Insane! Got no brain! <laughs> insane in the membrane. Or does it make insane it more susceptible? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Mm. Keep listening mm. to find out. Right. <laughs> we'll see. Alright, we ready to continue forward? Y'all heading still continuing to follow the path to the Undiomede house? As long as I'm saying, yes, let's go. <laughs> Insane in a membrane. Okay. So you continue following the carriage path, 
uh, from Ilmarsh to the Undial Mead House. And you can tell that this carriage path has fallen into disuse. Um, it was a muddy, overgrown trail, but the closer you get to the house, the path becomes clearer. And you start to see the manor off in the distance. So you're about... Eh, about a mile from the manor, you start to notice a few sets of tracks on the ground. Give me a survival check. Oh, dang. I don't have that. Yeah, you got 15. You got 12. Diego got a 23. Hmm. Is a plus six in survival. Woo-hoo. Well, Diego... Um, oh, good. Say, uh, Grubert got a 26. All right. Ooh, go Grubert. Well, Grubert and Diego recognize these, these tracks. There's several sets of humanoid tracks heading toward the house. And there's one set of tracks that is much larger... Uh, the tracks are very fresh, but they overlap that it, it's hard to tell how many creatures were present. Uh, the, you can tell there's at least three sets of tracks, but there's possibly more. Three sets of humanoid or three sets of big monster? Uh, there's two sets of at least two sets of humanoid and one set of the big monster tracks. Okay. With those higher survival checks, you can also see a see the faint tracks of a single horse heading toward the house as well. These are several days old and have been rained on since they were made. Uh, from the um, size of the monster tracks, would he note is it larger than him when he's large or small? Uh, how big do you get? I become large. They they are the same size. Okay. Uh, you do notice that all of the tracks go the direction of the house. You do not see any tracks coming back. If you want to try to identify those larger tracks, that would be a knowledge local. Can only... Pl- uh... Not Plug. Can only Diego and uh, 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 I want to call you McGruber. That's not your name. <laughs> McGruber. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm assuming that they would have pointed them out to you guys so you could see the tracks. Okay, so we can all roll. And what yeah. was that again? Uh, knowledge local. Shobear got a six. Ooh, Plug. Plug got a 21. Plug definitely knows it. Diego. Diego got an 18, so we'll go with Plug. Yeah. Uh, Plug would recognize these tracks as belonging to a marsh giant. Ooh, a giant. Uh-oh. Big guy, little right. <laughs> Continuing forward. As you continue along the track, uh, you notice you're going along the side of the swamp. Uh, 
as you move up. Um, what are your perception bonuses? Shabir is a 12. Diego, Diego's a 7. Grubert is a 14. Um, Plug is a 14. Jenny's a 6. Uh, unless it's a trap, and then I get a, a plus 4 on that, so I'd be a 16. Plug is the only one to notice as y'all are walking alongside of the swamp. Uh, sees like ripples of movement in the dark waters of the pond. Hey y'all, that pond's moving. <laughs> hey there, Pusley Arms. I think it evolved into that guy. Actually, it, evolved, yeah. it, it devolved into uh, a friend's cat. That's what she <laughs> sounds like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Pooh tells us that the pond is moving? Yes. Uh, we're not. How close are we to the pond? Because uh, my first. Shabir's first instinct would be to kind of back away. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're not on that path. You're a little further down uh, than this. This but. is a big map. Yes. Okay, Here we are, down by the pond. So we're like 15 feet away, essentially. Yeah. About 15 yeah. feet. Yeah. Diego's good with that. So yeah, I mean, Plug saw the thing. Y'all gonna wanna buff. Don't you have like a an alligator, he says to Jenny. Jenny said, that takes like two rounds to get. <laughs> how long is two rounds in real time i think we've got the two minutes <laughs> oh yeah no it's 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 less than two minutes 12 seconds but but i i, I gotta i'm gonna do something first <laughs> <laughs> she learned her lesson from um that last uh encounter and she is going to cast cat's grace on herself mm. and then uh, the these monsters the summon monsters don't last a whole lot of time right uh depends on the spell I think it's like a round per level or something like that so it uh, I, I I don't know if I should summon it right now because around per level is eight times six seconds. Uh, while it's you're sitting here, yeah. While you're sitting here trying to figure out what to do, Grubert looks off toward the east of the house and notices a small family cemetery just on a rise, barely visible through the trees. <laughs> Hang on. This is creepy, guys. Look over here, there's a cemetery. Ah, uh, yes, it looks fairly small. It's not... It can't be that many headstones there. 
must just have been for the people who live here. I guess so. I don't like the feeling of this. Can can they have the joke headstone? Like, I told you I was sick. Or... <laughs> <laughs> so, are we going towards the creepy headstones or the bubbling water? I, I think we continue yeah, to keep going to the along the path. Do we want zombies or a water creature? <laughs> yeah. Can we level up real quick? I've got some spells that I want to add. Yeah. Diego's a cat, so he doesn't want to be anywhere near the water. I'll take care of the zombie. I think maybe we should just continue towards the house. Like, like quickly. Yeah. Are we in just this conga line of fear headed to the house, just holding on each other's coats? Dun, 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 dun. Hey. You hear uh, teeth rattling. Yes, in a, a maraca of some mm-hmm. sort. You turn around and realize it's a skeleton that's tagged onto your conga line. <laughs> Why are we scared hey of that <laughs> He just plays himself like a xylophone. Yeah. <laughs> and then he hits the same rib. And makes two. Con- <laughs> Was it two? <laughs> Dang it! I forgot the word. Never mind. Simpson joke. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're heading toward the house. Yeah. Alrighty. So as you continue your way along the path toward the house, you do notice that the tracks split as you get closer. The tracks that you were following. The horse tracks continue toward what you would assume is the stable, whereas the uh, humanoid and giant tracks head toward the main entrance. Oh, hell. So I kind of want to go to the stable because that's where that uh, where I assume that rider is, the one that we've been Right, chasing. yeah. Same. I think that's probably the best move to do also. Um, which way is the stable? Uh, the stable would be over on this left side of the house. Okay, but here. the path goes this... Oh, 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 on the far side. Never mind. So going through, gonna... looking at the house, if we go, if we just go straight to the stable... I mean, is there, is there like a lot of windows and stuff that people could see us or? Uh, so as you look at the house, it, the house is, it's in pretty decent shape, but it definitely looks like it's been abandoned for quite some time. Uh-huh. Uh, the doors are all still intact, um, but all the windows have mostly been shattered out and uh, there's maybe just a few shards of glass in each of them. So I have a question. So you said Grubert caught the cemetery and Mm -hmm. does it look interesting to him? Does he see anything over there that we should go investigate over there or no? Uh, The main thing that he notices about the cemetery is that it's uh, like overgrown. Uh, The headstones are all kind of like at weird angles as the, the brush and the trees have kind of mixed their way in through them. 
It looks okay. old. Gotcha. So there hasn't been any recent burials there. Right. Okay. At least not that he can tell from, you know, 50 yards away. Okay. Gotcha. So we chasing this horseman? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, um, do you want me to go first and kind of scout out and make sure that we aren't seen or? Absolutely. Well, it looks like after, uh, if we take this path right here, we've got at least coverage from trees, but it's, it's a little close to that lake. All right. Well, let's do it then. Okay. It's going to be, you keep your eye on the lake and I'll keep my eye on the house. And Shabair will just be kind of stealthing his way along, too, just to, if he can hide in some shadows, he's going to do it. He keeps singing the Mission Impossible theme to himself. (laughs) Running between trees. Diego will be following them. Dun, 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 dun. Meow. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow. <laughs> dog did I not guess like my dog that. hated that. Yeah, my dogs hated that. They did. I guess uh, Grubert and Plug and Havoc will kind of stay stay back a little bit, keep eyes on the on the water. No, 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 Plug's going. I forgot that I controlled him. Come, Plug. Love that you're actually following the path. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have to follow the path because I was I was going like. Did anything happen here? What about here? What about here? Yeah. Trying to step on them booby traps. (laughs) Uh, There's nothing outside that's going to get you on the path. (laughs) It's going to get you. Uh, Except there. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't... If we're going into a home, but this is a stable, I don't know what to do with my dinosaur. Gruber, what what are you going to do with your dinosaur? I'm riding him. Mammoth. I'm riding that hoe in there. <laughs> in the stables with a mammoth. I guess it depends on how big the stables are. <laughs> yours is kind of small. You could actually ride him, but I don't know if I can. Um, Gilbert, you need to check that door, please. Yeah, I was going to say, kind of take a look at the door, see if anything looks suspicious. Okay, so it'll be perception on the door. Uh, let's see, that is 25, unless it's traps, and then plus four. Uh, the, the door looks fine. It's unlocked. Uh, kind of looks like it wouldn't take much to just pull it off its hinges. So I'm going to gently, uh, open it. So two sets of double doors open into this wide chamber, large enough for a carriage to be parked inside. Spare wheels and rusted remains of a small forge show that one was once housed here. Two horse stalls occupy the far end of the room, and in one of them, a single horse. He rears back in fright as he sees you. What do you do? Oh, man. Uh, well, I don't have animal handling. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. But probably wouldn't do much. Uh, uh, I, yeah, so at that point, I also have animal handling, so I'm gonna try and sh- 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 the horse. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> Roll your animal handling. Twenty-three. 
with a 23, uh, you are able to calm it uh, at least a little bit. So it's not like bucking up at you and everything. It's it's still on edge, but it's it's calmed down. Okay. Well, I'm gonna okay. distract it while you guys take a quick look around. All right. Uh, as they look around, and you're getting a closer look at this horse, Jenny. You notice that this is a a dark mare. Uh, its ribs are clearly visible. Uh, it looks in very poor health. Uh, like it has not been fed or cared for in days. Um, you also notice a peculiar looking brand on the side of a horse that uh, is in the shape of a figure eight with an arcing line extending from each side. Okay. Um, so when you said that its ribs are clearly visible, I was getting ready to fight a zombie horse. <laughs> um, bad horse, bad horse. <laughs> if, if it's that emaciated and it, it feels like it's been in here for a couple of days, then I'm going to try and lead it out. Um, it looks like to be a tree just outside the stable where I can tie it mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. I don't know who owns this horse, but it hasn't been eating, it looks like. Mm -hmm. Just don't let him get water from near the pond because it seems kind of dangerous. Uh, give me just a basic wisdom check. Eleven. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> or you know what? I'm not even going to tie it up. I'm just going to let it go. I don't care whose horse this is. I set you free. Yeah, and I, I already have a, a, a mount, and, and we've got the uh, the elephant, too. Havoc is here. So, Shobert, uh, as, as, as Jenny is walking this horse out of the stable, you notice that brand on the side of it as well. And you remember the page that was torn out uh, from the stable in Thrushmore and that the Dark Rider took a horse that was a dark mare with a brand on the oh, side. Oh, yeah. So this is very clearly the Dark Rider's horse. Right. But he doesn't take very good care of his, uh, of his companions. Well, I mean, he could be dead. Er. Or, well, do any of us know what a dark mare normally looks like? Maybe they just look like this. It's a black horse, not with its rib showing. I mean, a dark mare. I don't. I I, I feel like a dark mare it's is a type a of horse. horse. It's just a female, a, a dark coated female horse. Are you sure? Because I feel like it's a play on nightmare. It is, <laughs> but literally, it's just a dark lady horse yeah the, the, oh. this is just a, a, a dark colored horse oh okay nothing special about it okay no. nightmares are a thing in this game but dark oh. is not a... <laughs> I thought nightmare might have been trademarked by another game that shall not be named 
And so, so they had to use Dark Bear for this one? <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess I left the let the horse out, and it it's going to eat the, the, the hay, the grass. Yeah, it, it, will Im- it will immediately go for food. It has been several days since it has had food. And then if it wants to go to the water, that's its own business. <laughs> but I feel like tying it up to the tree could just be like a death sentence because it can't get water under the tree. Mm-hmm. That's true. So essentially this horse is in such ill health because it hasn't been taken care of or fed that it, it's essentially as if it only has one hit point left. Oh, um, poor thing. But if it is properly fed and cared for for three days, it will, will return to full health and will loyally serve its new master. So <gasps> if you want a pet horse, you know, Okay, it's going to run the grounds, and then we'll find it later, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll come back and get you, buddy. <laughs> Who wants a new horse? New animal companion. Let's already name it. <laughs> My friend Flicka. <laughs> right, we'll see you later, Black Beauty. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, the rest of you looking around the room, uh, you don't really notice too much. Uh, you do see another set of double doors that you would recognize as the ones that come in from outside uh, on the uh, southern side of the room. And then to the eastern side of the room, you see a single door that you would assume leads into the house. Before we go in, I'm going to talk to Pablo real quick. and Just like grab him by his two horns up on top and said, you don't let anything happen to her. She's so beautiful. You, do, you protect her with your life. Because <laughs> I don't want to take the, the, the dinosaur through the <laughs> through the hall. And then I talk to Havoc and say, you protect this little last dinosaur right here that's protecting <laughs> this beautiful horse. All right? And then he just throws a stick at Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't fetch. <laughs> so I guess we start our way inside. Who's first? Chabert? Yeah, let me check that door. Okay. Um, how big is the door? Door sized. It looks like it's only okay. five feet. I'll wait. 20, not natural, um, or 24 if it's trapped. Okay. Seems like a normal door. And it's unlocked. Alright, so I'm going to try to... Stealthily, quietly as I can, open it. Okay, roll your stealth. Uh, 30. Alright, you're very stealthy. Got the door open. Let's go inside. I hate when it's a hallway. Yeah, it looks to be a hallway, alright? Uh, so yeah, you found a hallway. Uh, you can either continue all the way forward into, like, what looks like the main area of the house, or, um, you've got two doors here on the left uh, one of the broken windows there on your right okay I'm gonna look back and kind of motion like at the door and be like eh should I is that where, is that, is that where we want to go Luke just gives you a thumbs up he didn't know what you're talking about <laughs> alright so I'll do the same thing I'll check that door and then open it if I if everything's good uh, that is a 30 on the door. Everything looks fine. 
All right, and then I'll stealthily open the door, and that is a 36. 36, very stealthy again. Okay, uh, so you open this door to find a storeroom. Looks like there's uh, old crates, sacks of food. Uh, looks like a lot of the stuff has been disintegrated over the years. Um, but give me a survival check as you peer inside the room. Sadly, I do not have survival. Plug does. He's going to push past you. <laughs> Move, let me look. Oh, wait, no, so that's not how he sounds right now. No, he sounds like this. Um, I mean, gosh, I got this. What was it? Survival? (laughs) Survival. That's a 20. Ooh. Not natural. If you need higher, Diego can get it. Got a 25. Uh, Between the two of you, as you're looking around the room, uh, you clearly detect the signs of a struggle that has happened in this room. Uh, You can't really tell how many people were involved in the struggle, but there was definitely a struggle that happened here. Do we find any gold on the ground? Did the uh, money fall out of their pocket? Diego, while you're in the room, you also notice that in the rubble, uh, or in the, the stuff that's kind of been thrown around in the room, uh, there is a saddlebag that's been kind of hidden in here. I uh, will open it. Curiosity kills the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Within this saddlebag, there is a small wooden crate that is packed with straw that retains an impression of an object. But the object is not there. What is the object? At this moment, Cabal appears to Chaubert again because Cabal recognizes this from his vision that he had after doing the werewolf (laughs) ceremony. This was in his vision and is what held the Sea Sage effigy. Ah. So it's like a little stand or a little... Is it the styrofoam that comes in the box? That kind of impression? (laughs) Yeah, but it's more... It's made out of straw instead of of that so this way more environmentally friendly yeah so the dark rider has a sea sage effigy it's here we've got his horse his saddlebag and this impression hello my friend <gasps> cabal uh, what what are you doing I'm here to tell you I saw this in my vision. It's what they carried the Sea Sage effigy in. It must be here. Oh, Cabal, thank you. Yeah, all right. This, that is not great news, but it is much needed. Thank you so much. Are you doing okay? We will find a way to put you to rest, I promise. (laughs) How's that bag of holding treating you? Yes, yes. It's lonely in here. <laughs> is, it, is it dark? <laughs> Shabir's going to start sleeping in there. Right. Um, I I saw, uh, you know, I see that there's a cemetery over there, but it's 
it's overgrown and stuff, so please don't put me to rest there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh someone's I real know. picky about where he lays forever. <laughs> Are you sure there's there's quite a few headstones? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm good. That that's all right. Thank thank you though. But uh, right. yeah, you're on the right track with the C-Sage effigy. So, all right, C-Sage effigy. All right. <laughs> and so, Shaver's probably gonna notice everybody staring at him all weird. It's like when when he talks to Jim, uh, when when they speak, is it um, is he talking out loud or is it just like all in his head? Like he's just trant. Is Shabert trans- talking out loud? Shabert's talking out loud. Okay. So that is the weird part. Yes, it's like, hello, are you okay? My <laughs> huge cabal's just here, and he told me about this. He's he said it was used to carry the sea sage effigy. So we, we're we on the right track. The, he's definitely here. Okay. Uh, Diego, as you are about to put this uh, crate back down, you notice a f- small scrap of parchment in the bottom of the crate. I will pick it up and look at this and read it. You take out this little scrap of parchment and read it. And it says, A Divian Adresant asks you to ask Lucas about Raven's Head. Pepper. So so Diego would read this to you and he would say, A Divian Adresant asks you to ask Lucas about Raven's Head. And then he folds the paper up and puts it in his pocket. Diego, my friend, what what was that last part? Is there more? We need to be on the lookout. I may not be the only catfolk here. Who, who who, Who wrote that note? There is another. One who bests me. How... How, how how do you know this? How do you... You're acting all mysterious and everything. What What's what's going on? She torments me. Who torments you? I try to be nice. It ain't me. <laughs> Her name is... Pepper. Pepper? Yes. She is... So how do you know Pepper. She is the reason I had to leave the monastery. Is it an old girlfriend? Uh, no, no, not like that. She a teacher? No, she beat me, and I had to leave. Oh, another, like with a stick? <laughs> Knives, but yes. <laughs> So it's it's a, a rival. We're looking for a rival, a catfolk rival. Yes, she is. Deadly, my friends. Beware. What should we know about her? Plugi's going to chime in. She is. Pepper sounds like a kitty cat name. <laughs> she is catfolk, and she is. <laughs> she is a black cat. <laughs> okay. Uh, Diego is black and white. 
Right, your tuxedo. Alright, so Chabert is going to continue down the hallway. So does he see anything around the corner here? Let's see. You're right there at the edge. So you you see that other door to your left. Door to the left. Or you can't quite see around the corner uh, on the other side of the door on the left. Uh, And to the right, um, there's another door. Okay, so he's going to step up the door on his left and just do the same thing, inspect it, and then open it if it looks good. Okay. Uh, That is a 14 for perception, or 18 if it's trapped. Okay, seems good to you. And then he's going to stealthily open it, and that is a 36 again. Find a spare bedroom. It's pretty empty, except for the wooden frame of a bed. All right. So not much here. So not even a bed, just like the frame? Just the frame. <laughs> so then there's another corner to his left where... So he's going to just kind of take a peek around the corner. Some more doors. So, which, uh, so he's going to go up to that door on his left, I think. Okay. And then do the same thing. Inspect it and open it. Inspect and open. Uh, is a 14 or 18 if it's trapped. Looks good. 20 or sorry. Uh, yeah, 31. To stealthily open. You have found the, the privy. <laughs> oh. Uh, as you did go by that, you did notice that there are uh, looks like the edge of stairs and these stones. So he's going to come back down um, and kind of take a look at these stairs with the stones. As you get over here closer to these stones and the stairs, you see that this looks out over into the central hall of the room. See a a vast chamber that occupies the space below the mansion's cracked dome. Sweeping stone stairways with wooden railings uh, long since rotted away. Uh, They climb to a balcony overlooking the room below. From the center of the floor rises a rough, flat stone with scorch marks on its center, large enough to be a table. More surprising are the columns that support the dome high above. Rather than the finished pillars one would expect in such a stately chamber, seven massive stones stand along the walls, crudely chiseled and set on end in a rough circle. It appears that the lords of Undiomede did not just place their seat at an age-old sacred site, but built their house upon the ancient stone meniers of a druid ring. Ooh. So this is Stonehenge. It's uh, very so, similar to something like Stonehenge. So it's built on a place of power. Yes. It's never a good sign, my people. <laughs> right. But not only do you see this big open chamber and these standing stones, you see a marsh giant standing in the center of the room. And she turns. Who are you? And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Oh, she's friendly.